The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. We couldn't hold the positive streak all the way across the board like the last couple of days. We did take a drop. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a moment. But we did see and close to some higher numbers in the corn and the soybeans. Let's jump into the soybeans first off, Sue. Not as high as what we'd like, but it's still positive numbers. Well, it was. We managed to, you know, we gapped higher last night on the night session after the news was announced that uh, the EU and the U.S. were making agreements and sounding very positive and and that they were going to take more soybeans. And that allowed the market to take off and run. And, of course, reaching up around that 994 area, you know, getting close to $9 is giving the market a little bit of resistance and, and probably justified for now. Um, you have China not buying much in the way of beans and bean meal. And so, and processors there are just not profitable. And so they're, in fact, one of the largest ones has said that they're going to file bankruptcy. And so I doubt that they'd be buying beans from us anyway right now. So, you know, the market is uh, looking for more positive news and feedback. And um, we have um, some cycles coming up for lows calling around uh, the end of uh, July. I believe it's going to be a little bit beyond the very end of July. But uh, we are following a pattern. I mean, we're following the pattern of 1978 thus far pretty close. And um, in 1978, we had uh, the low that year on beans in in January, on January 17th. This year, it was January 12th. Then we rallied to a high on May 30th. This year, it was May 29th. Then we broke into July, like we have this year, and except this year, maybe a more precipitous break because it's an outside range. But we put a low in right about in July when we did here this uh, past week or so, and then we rallied into the 25th of July. Today's the 26th, and then that year the market broke into August 8th and put a low in for the year. And we have timing, you know, starting around July 30th. There's a little bit there, but I have more timing around August 7th, and so we'll see what happens. But that year the market put a low in. And then it didn't start real fast at first, but then it kind of kept gaining speed. And by the time it was into October 30th, it put the high end for the year on November beans. Lots of kind of following of the history um, and that you do so such a good job at. It's kind of laying out a pattern maybe for these soybean producers to look at. Well, it is thus far. And I will say this. Um, in years, and we still have to finish the study, uh, we've got corn done. But in beans, in years when you have new contract lows made in the month of July, since 1969 through 1999, there were seven years that that occurred. And six of those seven years went on to see lower lows after July. And... I, you know, I need to come from 1999 on forward to see what it says or how it finishes out. 
I think it's going to finish out looking very similar. But in the same token, um, corn, same thing. Corn has, um, from 1969 through 2017, 48 years, we have um, 19 years in which this occurred in corn. And in all those years, those 19 years, with the exception of two, the market did give a rally and then break right on down again to a lower low. The two years that it did not was 2003 and seven. And in those two years, the market rallied and then turned around and came back one year within about two, two and a half cents, and the other year maybe within about five cents, four or five cents, and then turned and proceeded higher. And then, of course, ended up on the December contract pushing out the highs or at the highs of the year. Interestingly, those years also had May highs, and that's what we have this year. So we'll see what happens. We have uh, Mexico and Canada here today and in Washington, D.C., discussing NAFTA. And so we'll see what gets done. Uh, I suspect if there's going to be any positive news, it'll come out late this afternoon like it did yesterday. Uh, but that would be good news for the corn market and also the hog market. Which they need some positive news going on. And we had heard when I was in D.C. just last week, there was a lot of talk that some positive things were supposed to be coming this week from NAFTA, but they said more from Mexico than from Canada. I think so, too. I think Mexico very much would like to get something settled. For one thing, you know, Texas is embroiled in drought and a lot of heat. Well, as goes Texas, so's going the northern third of Mexico and even on down more into central Mexico. So I think Mexico's crops might be suffering a little bit and they may very much need some corn. As we look at the export numbers that have come in um, for soybeans, what are your thoughts on the numbers this week? Well, I thought that uh, the numbers really weren't that bad. They were kind of good, actually, um, more so on new crop. Um, you know, we have to keep in mind now there was some negative, you know, some cancellations in soybean oil, but soybean meal kind of held it together. Um, so not bad. I thought corn was pretty good, too, especially in new crop corn. So, um, you know, I think that when we look at the uh, countries that are buying, um, you know, they're coming in and trying to buy from us because Brazilian beans are just too expensive and they can't get them out of Argentina. Lots to think about. We'll stick around, folks. We're going to be back more at the Fontenelle Final Bell with Sue Martin as we look at the livestock side of the trade and, of course, cooler weather that's hitting us as well on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joining us once again with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. We're dealing with some cooler temperatures, which is good news for our grain trade. But there's a lot of outside market influence, Sue, on this trade, including just that. Trade and tariffs. And, okay, we'll throw some weather in, too. And once we start to go past this, like it passed this week, I think the market's going to turn its sights towards the August crop report. And you look at the state of Nebraska, and you look at the state of South Dakota, and North Dakota, and Indiana, and all those states are well above last year and for good to excellent ratings. 
And I think, and then also we look at how even in corn, we're at, um, or I mean soybeans, we're at 71% good to excellent. In 2016, we were at 72% good to excellent for the same week, and our yield was like around 52 bushels to the acre. So if we were to have a 52 bushel to the acre yield, and this, what this is doing, the weather as we go into early August or the first week of August, it's forecast to continue to be pretty mild. And if that is the case, it's going to have everybody looking for the USDA to show a yield increase in this August report. I don't know if they will, but if they do, you know, a 52 BPA commingled with exports being decreased because of the uh, Chinese tariffs and uh, issues trade war, then, you know, we could have a carryout that could hit up around 900 million, maybe a billion bushels. That, that would be horribly bearish. Um, I, I hope we don't see that. But for now, we do have a market that uh, does appear to have uh, trying to base out. Um, I showed that we did a wave five on soybeans to the downside. And usually wave fives are rare. I don't know if I can recall a time seeing one in beans. I do recall one in cattle a few years ago. So we'll see what happens, but it makes it look like the USDA may increase their um, yields. And then you look at corn and, you know, people have got thoughts of, because the cool weather at nights, you know, going 70 degrees and under, that helps the kernel fill and helps with the transfer of starch. So um, sugar to starch. So that's a good thing. And, you know, that's got everybody talking, a 177 to a 178, 79 yield. I think it's a little premature, but that's where we're at. What about this wheat market? You know, for the last couple of days, they've been pulling everybody along, and it seems like they just kind of ran out of some steam today. Well, several things were going on in wheat. One, you're finishing up. This is the last day of the uh, spring wheat and Durham uh, wheat quality tour. And so that probably helped pull uh, the rally away a little bit, even in Minneapolis wheat. Um, two, we are every you know time frame, whether it's a day, a week, and a month, we do the first resistance, second resistance, first support, second support. First resistance for KC September wheat happened to be 551, and we got to 553 and a half today. Also, if we take a trend line and draw it across the lows, of the SEP KC wheat, same would be true in the D's, and then parallel it against the recent highs and extend it, today's high was right on that for a channel. Then you had uh, European wheat, Matif wheat, actually peak out and close lower. And it's been making new highs, yearly highs, quite, a, quite often, most every day. And I think it just got itself overdone today and then came back and closed lower. So... All of that combined, I think, gave the wheat market uh, uh, basically saying, okay, we've we've had a good rally, pretty good rally this week. And, you know, all of that was being propelled with a technical double bottom or a W formation. So that was very good. So to see the wheat market come back and just catch its breath, not bad at all. Quickly, triple-digit losses in this cattle market, not something we want to see on a Thursday. 
No. Um, you know, especially after seeing some Packers inquire about cattle in Texas and Kansas on Tuesday, I was rather surprised to see the market give up. We got up over 110 today on the August cattle. And, of course, that kind of starts getting it close to the cash market of last week. So, all or this week, I should say, the lower bids, all of a sudden the market caught selling and it fell. So, big outside reversal day. And, of course, um, you know, I think that we do have to keep in mind that uh, we have cutout values pushing higher. And, um, you know, cash cattle prices should be stronger, I think, in the next three weeks or so. And the demand for, even though ex- weekly export sales weren't as very good, but still, I think that uh, the market really is catching some selling. Now, one thing that might be happening is there are funds that don't carry positions into the first of the month. So, folks, to reach you. Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.